This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Um, now, before we start, uh, we have a request. If you really are enjoying the show, we would love a review from you in iTunes or your podcast app. It really helps us to grow the podcast and it ensures that we bring you great marketing tips and advice each week. Now, today I'm joined by Tim Ash, keynote speaker, author of Landing Page Optimization and CEO of sitetuners.com. Tim, how are you doing? Uh, doing fantastic. Uh, glad to be on the show. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. And uh, you're situated in the lovely San Diego on the West Coast? That's right. Uh, America's finest city. Yeah, you said that. I, I, thought, I thought it was. I went to New York, but as I was in New York, I remember thinking, I bet San Diego is nicer than, <laughs> than New York. Um, well, we have palm trees and beaches, that's for sure. I know. They don't have that in New York, do they? They just have lots of very tall buildings. and well, they, have, they probably have beaches, but I don't think they have the palm trees. Right. Okay. Let's start off with, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, site tuners. How, how did you become interested in neuromarketing? Because that's the subject of our um, talk today. Well, Site Tuners is a global conversion rate optimization agency. We help make online experiences more efficient for midsize and large companies. And a big part of that is understanding psychology and the human brain. And I think uh, online marketers are very focused on the latest technologies, but really have a pretty poor understanding of uh, the stuff inside of our bony skulls, which is what we're all trying to operate on. Now, I'm fascinated by this because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a doctor and I've been very interested in brains and the way we, the brain works and how we think and stuff. You talk about the concept of um, three brains, don't you? Which one is really, well, sort of what are they called and which one is in charge? Well, this is the triune brain theory that's been out for decades. I can't take credit for it, but it's a way of thinking the brain from an evolutionary perspective. First, we got the very basic reactive stuff that we share with lizards and chickens and uh, dinosaurs. And then the mammals, we, we got the mid, the emotional midbrain that allowed us to remember things about the world and not just react. Mm. But we remember things in the presence of strong emotions, and that's really important. If it's novel, we'll remember it. If it's the same old boring thing, we won't remember it. Uh, and then finally, kind of our reasoning brain was the very latest uh, adaptation, uh, especially among great apes and humans, and it's primarily there to manage the complexity of our social relationships. I've heard this concept before, the uh, especially the the lizard brain, which uh, sadly I think a lot of us tend to use, especially when we're driving and we get slightly annoyed. I think that that lizard brain kicks in there, doesn't it? Um, so, from the standpoint of kind of like marketing and stuff, let's let's turn it around a bit and let's start from uh, being on the receiving end of marketing. I was just wondering us. As consumers, can we sort of train ourselves out of being brainwashed? Uh, I don't think so. This stuff is happening at the subconscious level, and that's the key thing to understand. You can think of those lower brains as handling the emergencies and handling most of our day-to-day, but conscious brain only gets involved a few percent of the time, say 5% of the time or so. Mm. So it's basically asleep most of the time, and it's not even allowed to function. Most of what we do is on autopilot and nonverbal and unconscious to us. Uh, it's, we have very powerful biases at that level that marketers can take advantage of, but we can't see our own subconscious <laughs> no. as consumers and try to get out of the, the, the trap of using that part of the brain. 
It makes me think of mindfulness, actually, because the whole issue, the whole thing behind mindfulness is kind of stop being unconscious, isn't it, and be aware of the present moment. Do you think that could help? I think it it may in terms of settling your emotions and and those kind of mindfulness practices. I do Tai Chi, among other things, Ah. are are very helpful for living in general. But uh, no, but we also, I think, have this irrational bias against irrationality. It just our thinking isn't what makes us so wonderful and special. We're really effective at doing things quickly, at assessing situations at a glance, and we just can't do that without that other lower level machinery. So it's gotten us this far. So if we focus our sort of attention to the marketing, um, which is what most of our listeners will, will be interested in, are there some practical ways that we can get people to uh, focus on a single desired outcome? Well, um, I think that the important thing is what happens before you ask them for the outcome. So uh, when we talk about conversion rate optimization on the website, we want you to take a particular action. It's to buy something in the e-commerce store or to fill out a form or to pick up the phone and call, whatever that conversion is. It's important to figure out what happens before it. In other words, what's the context in which you're trying to get me to make the decision? Often we can manipulate the lobby of the experience, if you will, in order to get a higher likelihood of you taking action. So I always love examples. Have you got any examples of companies that are sort of approaching this well in a, in a good way? Well, uh, there, there's some obvious ones in marketing. But for example, when you do a product introduction, let's talk about uh, one of the powerful biases we have, which is to compare things against each other. We have no notion of the absolute value of something. So when Apple introduced the iWatch, I think they came out with some diamond-encrusted $10,000 version of it. Yeah. And actually, they, they didn't expect anyone to buy it. Apparently, a few hundred idiots around the world did. But it was really to frame the experience so that when they announced their $700 normal price point, it would seem like a bargain. Uh, so that's an example of you know, what I was talking about, that, that lobby experience. The mm. first thing you saw was 10000 You have nothing to compare it against, so 700 now you're comparing against the $10,000. Yeah. Uh, so those kind of anchoring effects and how you structure your offer, uh, what you compare it against. Uh, you see this in car advertising. You know, uh, Well, our you know, crappy little Hyundai car well, they don't say that, but is is wonderful because it has more cup holders than a Mercedes Benz. You know, so you're you're choosing who you're comparing against, and that gives you a halo effect, or or yeah. moves you towards a certain decision. So you're thinking that I've bought a car, or I'm buying a car, which is actually better than a Mercedes Benz in terms of um, ashtrays and things. Number of cup holders, exactly. Yeah, cup holders. That was that was example, wasn't it? Yeah. Now I know there's a quite a lot of uh, like sort of terms and and sort of um, strangely sounding names of things in this whole field, particularly interested in framing and bracketing. What does this mean and how is it relevant to marketing? Well, we just uh, kind of discussed an example of it with that more expensive um, you know, iWatch product, you know, mm. at the $10,000 price point. What it basically means is we don't know the absolute value of things, so, but we, our brain is designed to compare things, big, small, you know, dark, light, short, tall, you know, we can compare things in a relative fashion. So what you put into the comparison, what you surround your, the, the choice with makes a huge difference. So uh, when you go to a restaurant and again, they put very expensive wines at the top of the wine list, mm. uh, you go down the wine list and they seem perfectly reasonable, even though you could pick them up at your uh, local uh, grocery store for a third of the price, that's not the comparison set. The comparison set is with what you just experienced at the top of the price list. 
So uh, I guess what I'm saying is that this can be applied in any number of situations. How many choices you give me, what order you present them in, how much you bias me towards a particular uh, choice in terms of describing it or visually representing it or what have you. So mm. uh, there's a lot of things we can do to manipulate the context of the offer online. Now, I understand this is a huge topic, but I was just wondering if there's, you know, if our listeners want to get started and, and want to maybe apply some of these principles, are there any sort of simple ways that they can start incorporating this into their marketing? For example, you know, if you had one top tip or key takeaway for our audience today, what might it be? Well, absolutely. So with regard to framing and bracketing, one thing you can do is to make some ridiculously expensive uh, or ultra premium version of uh, what you currently sell and not expect it to sell, but put it first in a list and say, consider the ultra premium version first, then the one we really want you to consider, and then the really cheap, crappy one that you, you respecting person would pick anyway. So what you're doing is putting it uh, a kind of a wrapper around what you really want them to, to do uh, in order to get more of them to do it. Well, Tim, thanks so much for joining us. How can our listeners find out more about you and more about SiteTuners? You can visit SiteTuners.com. Again, if you're a mid-sized company or an enterprise uh, business that wants to really grow your business, well, I'm pretty sure we can help. We've helped companies all around the world. Uh, and also, we just uh, are evolving our conversion conference series, which I've been running for eight years here in the U.S. and in Europe as well. And uh, so look for our, the next phase of that, which is called Digital Growth Unleashed. And uh, that's in London, Berlin, and Las Vegas uh, coming up. So check it out, Digital Growth Unleashed, uh, the only conference you need to grow your online business. I will look out for that one. And your book, Landing Page Optimization, is that available from most normal places? Uh, most normal places and from what I understand, a few abnormal ones as well. Yes. <laughs> no, they're all abnormal over here in the UK. <laughs> so thanks so much, Tim. And thanks to our listeners for listening. Show notes are in the usual place, sitevisibility.com slash I am podcast. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review if you're enjoying the show. Uh, if you want to contact us with suggestions for future topics, it's podcast at sitevisibility.com. You can tweet us at sitevisibility. Um, don't forget about the site visibility group on LinkedIn. And once again, thanks for listening. So that's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Tim. Uh, cheerio. And we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Internet Marketing.